0: All right, welcome back to the We Shall Not Sleep podcast. Thank you so much for joining us again this week. I cannot tell you how glad and happy I am to be back with you. This last really few weeks has been an absolute whirlwind with a changing over in a job and truly just not feeling too well at all. I, this is the best I've felt about seven or eight weeks now, and I'm just very grateful for your patience and your, your listenership. Uh, You can continue to follow us uh, where we are hosted, on SoundCloud or anywhere that you get your podcasts, for that matter, including our YouTube channel. Uh, You can find us, We Shall Not Sleep. Find us on Facebook as well. That's where all the updates are posted. So, with that out of the way, uh, I wanted to revisit a topic that I started talking about last week, which is a prelude to the Ten Commandments, or in certain Jewish traditions, they just call the Ten Statements. These are just statements that God just makes as a matter of fact. It's not even up to debate whether or not I command you. It's just a... A declaration of reality. It's the what is when you're serving the one or he being Yahweh, just I am. It's the statement of the I am or the entire being of the universe. It's something that is above us in every single way. And one of the things that I mentioned when I started actually this series with my church this past week was really the difference between God's favor and God's unconditional love, and that there is a difference between the two, because God's love towards us is demonstrated when he created us out of nothing or not not any sort of compulsion, not because he was guilty, not because he was lonely. He created us, boom, that's unconditional love. It's the same love that motivated him to pluck Israel out of its own dissolution and prop it up, not because the nation deserved it, it's because he loved them. And he, and he took empathy and, and sympathy upon them and was moved with compassion to do something for them. Same love that we're going to celebrate here in a few weeks, that the word became flesh and dwelt among us. That God putting on the image and likeness of man and being fully man goes to the cross. The same love that forgives the thief on the cross, that dies for us even for the people that were spitting at him. And calling for his death, he still dies for for their potential salvation. It's the same love that when Jesus ascends, tells the disciples, you know, I'm not going to leave you as orphans. You're going to have your spirit with me. And so we're talking about that, that type of unconditional love. But his favor, on the other hand, is certainly conditional. Because if we don't do these things, then there are going to be consequences and we're going to fall out of his favor. And that's no different. If you're a parent or a grandparent, of course you love your child. You, they certainly can fall out of favor with you though. I mean, my goodness, you I mean, you can certainly disagree with their life choices, their lifestyles, how they choose to to talk. And when you are bringing them up when they are coming of age like in their teenage years, like I had with me that, you know, it was just my mom, my dad and myself and so what I was taught is that since my mom, you know, carried me, And my dad sacrificed his time and energy to go to work, work three jobs, to pay for the things and to give us the comforts and to to give us a roof over our heads. Therefore, once I was given responsibilities, it wasn't a a matter of, hey, since you're a part of this family unit, you can just decide whether or not you're going to do this. And guess what? If you do want to be a part of this family unit, here's what we expect of you, not just as a responsibility, chores, actions, but behavior. You do not get to treat us this way. You do not get to backtalk or disobey our wishes. And this is something that God is doing because if we're going to be in favor with him, well, here is a list of expectations that is demanded of me because That God, the universe, who created us, who gave us the breath in our very lungs, he knows the best way for us to live. And that's in in harmony with him. But it's doing these things on a day-to-day because half these commandments are on the relational. They're the horizontal level of how we treat each other as fellow brothers and sisters in Christ's name. But just remember, God's favor towards us is certainly conditional. Jesus says himself in the New Testament if you love me you'll obey my commands Well I think it's important that we know his commands because Jesus did not come to abolish the law he came to fulfill the law just because we have salvation now because of Jesus doesn't mean that we can now be polytheists doesn't mean that we serve other gods now because Jesus you know is just forgiven us and gone to the cross like no that's not how that works So reading from Exodus 20 it's fascinating here just to recap. And God spoke all these words. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. I love this. God immediately identifies himself. I am God. Guess what happened? You were enslavering Egypt. You were under the oppression of Pharaoh. I delivered you from that. I delivered you from them when they were chasing you. I delivered you from the Red Sea. And then I led you here. I chose a leader. Now they're at the base of Sinai. God's presence now comes down. And he's among them saying, by the way, I am the same God that does all this. And if you want to be in right relationship with me, if you want to have these things. Which states in verse 5, if I go back to chapter 19, verse 5, it says, Now if you obey obey me fully and keep my covenant, then out of all the nations you will be my treasured possession. Although the whole earth is mine, you will uh, be for me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. These are the words you are to speak to the Israelites. That's what God tells Abraham. Or tells Mo- Abraham. That's what God tells Mo- Moses. So if you do these things, this is what's going to happen. Well, what are the things? Here they are. There's the first one. I'm Lord your God. You shall have no other gods before me. In a, in a culture of polytheism, again, serving multiple gods, or henotheism, which you could see maybe in the, in the Greek mythology, uh, where like Zeus is the supreme being of the gods, and then before him was Kronos, who was the titan before. You know, those those guys in their respective relations to other titans, other gods, they are in the, hierarchy. Well, there's no hierarchy. It's just one God, Yahweh. That's it. And then what's the second commandment? You shall not make for yourself an image in the form of anything in heaven, above or on the earth, beneath or in the waters below. You shall not bow down to them or worship them, for I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, punishing the children for the sin of the parents to the third and fourth generations of those who hate me, but showing love to a thousand generations of those who love me and keep my commandments. Now, this is something here in the West, if I can make a, you know, you know, draw a picture for you. The I, I wanted to maybe for the longest time wanted to write a book and one of the chapters in the book would be God would be called God's Among Us. And that's a lowercase G. Because we have those. I mean, you think about how you spend your time and your energy and your efforts on. We all go to work here in the West and then we get up, we take care of our kids, take care of our families, we maybe watch sports on the weekends. We have our hobbies. We do all these things that pull us away from worshiping God by actually going to church, reading our Bibles and, and doing those things, of course. But one of the things that we see is whether it's our job that we idolize, um, our hobbies, or certainly our sports, oh my gosh, our entertainment, movies, TV shows, books. Not that those things are inherently bad. Not that money is bad even. But remember, Jesus says you cannot serve both God and money. And is it, is it something that, that you serve or does it serve you? Is it something that keeps you up at night because of the stress and anxiety of, of whatever uh, you have? There, there are gods among us all the time, and of course, what we see it says, "You shall not make for yourself an image in the form." And of course, what does Aaron, who is the mediator here, he goes down waiting for Moses, and what happens? And they make the golden calf. So, how long did did they obey the second commandment for? <laughs> uh, maybe a day, not even a day. I mean, he's up there forty days in the mountain, so I, I mean, it's it's kind of hard to see. On what day did they do this? Um, because they 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 mention that he comes down, and it, it, it's just funny that they are they are in violation of one of the commandments immediately. And I apologize, my timeline's off on that a little bit. Let me look this up real quick in real time. Um, I apologize uh, that, that, again, this is not something. This is Exodus 32, and so this is afterwards. Uh, and it just says, when the people saw that Moses was so long in coming down from the mountain, they gathered around Aaron and said, come make us gods, lower gaze G. So it, we're not given the exact time frame, but Moses was up on Mount Sinai for 40 days. And so you can't even do it for basically a month, really. And you know, we, we say that, but then whatever our God is, what we're serving, I mean, for, for people like my age, a little bit younger, like how, how long can you go without playing video games, watching TV, watching movies, again, reading a book, do, uh, you're watching your favorite sport, like something, right? Uh, you, when you get down to it, it, it can get really difficult if you make it personal. And then one of the things that people like to throw around all the time, and I want to make, uh, just dispense with this, uh, and call it what it is, which is a bunch of baloney, that's calling somehow God, a God a jealous God is somehow bad. Well, envy in the Bible is spoken of where you are moved to retribution. You're moved to, I'm jealous of somebody, is to the point where I'm willing to take it from them. If somebody gets a new car saying, you know what, they don't deserve it, I'm going to ruin it for them. You could be jealous, like, oh man, I wish I had that. That's not sin- sinful. Now, if you covet it, to a, a point of I'm going to steal that or I'm going to ruin that for them because they don't deserve it, like I said, you, there's a sense of entitlement or you're moved to anger or bitterness, that's envy. But jealous, like, oh, man, I wish I had that, but at the same time, I don't want that car payment, you know, like something like that. like That's different. And, and just the same way, if if you are, and think about this, you're in a relationship, let's not even say you're married, but if you're with a girlfriend and, and another guy walks into the room and that is just like... He's like 10 out of 10, like, as far as looks, and you're like, oh, man. And let's say he starts flirting with her. Now, depending on your relationship level, your, your security, um, you could be fine. Like, hey, yeah, man, Like, there's a reason why I'm, I'm, I'm dating her. But if she were to start flirting with him back, you'd be like, wait a minute. What's going on? Like, and, and that type of jealousy, that right there, that's righteousness of like, what are you doing? If then Now, take it up another level. Let's take its intimacy to a spouse. This is the type of covenant that God is saying he knows Israel intimately. And so that type of relationship, like you are serving somebody else, that's gonna, that, that's righteous anger. So that's what this is referring to here. Our English does us poor. But if you go back, original translation, you look actually, what, what does this mean? This uh, adult, adultery and idolatry. I mean, what would your reaction be if like, huh, oh, well, oh well, you know. I was it was nice that I had that relationship while I had it or hey, well, you know, as long as she comes back to me at the end of the night, like no, that that's apathy. That that's terrible. That's not what God is. So thinking about this tonight, what's our what's our application truly? And I I don't call us enough to this, but sincerely, let's look at our lives and say what what are the necessities to live? What are the most important things surrounding our family? And then what do we do for us? What, what in our minds keeps us occupied? And, let, and just ask yourself, can you go without it for 40 days? And then come back to this passage and see if we have as much ammunition towards Aaron and, and the Israelites. So these are just some thoughts this evening, everyone. I really appreciate you hanging out with us. May God bless you. May God keep you.